You just have to decide what kind of man you want to grow up to be. Because whoever that man is, good character or bad, he's, he's going to change the world. Everyone is looking for a superhero, a hero for humanity. Everyone. This is why we are so fascinated with superhero movies. Really, we are. And the, real, the reality of why we are is because we're really looking for us. I said we're really looking for us. Amen. We're looking for what we could be. What we could be. Now, we're going to show, we're going to break down some superheroes today because these superheroes have uh, abilities that are tied to Jesus. In fact, most comic book writers, you know, these, the, the skills, the supernatural abilities, the things that go on with these particular heroes, you know, they have their own little set. They don't give everybody everything. But I'm here to tell you that when we break these down, you'll see that the three that we break down today, and I could break down many, all of them are associated with Jesus. Jesus, unlike comic books that are created out of the imagination of man and written in a book for us to read, the Holy Spirit moved on men to write another book about someone who actually existed and truly is the greatest superhero ever. It's not mythical, nor is it uh, fictional, but it's reality. Yeah. Hallelujah. And the devil would want you to think that these types of characters are too over the top and couldn't actually exist. But the reality is, Jesus says, you could be like this. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, you could be like this. Amen. How many of you want to be a superhero? Yeah. Well, God's destined you for this. He's destined you. This is why the rock was rolled away. We're going to see here in a moment. So the first person we'll look at, because, you know, the Bible says that Jesus went around and he talked to people, and he said the kingdom of heaven is like this and the kingdom of heaven is like that. And he would use types of examples to try to communicate to them that these things are, are like God's kingdom. And what if we take time to actually break down some things that are in our natural world or are used uh, naturally, it allows you to have talking points with people at work. I'm teaching you how to evangelize today. Hey, man, I'm going to teach you how to evangelize today. A lot of times, you know, all your Bible knowledge and all your wisdom, you know, a lot of times just kind of falls flat. You're like, I don't even know how to strike up a conversation. Well, I'm going to help you. 
I'm going to help you. And then next week, we're going to blow it out the charts. Because the series doesn't end today. You know, when Jesus came out of the grave and it was finished with him, it wasn't finished for us. Okay? It wasn't finished for us. There's still things for us to do for the kingdom of God. Amen? And he empowered us. And so this greater one goes beyond just what Jesus did. It opens the door for us, and we'll see that next week. But we're going to see here through these different types of superheroes that, again, we can only give so much to each character, but Jesus Christ contains it all. Yeah. Amen? So we're going to do some types and shadows. That way, when you go to work next week, and you can look at someone and say, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like the Black Panther. The Black Panther has been the protector of Wakanda for generations. The mantle passed from warrior to warrior. Warrior and king. A warrior and a king. I said he's a king. This is what's awesome about the Black Panther. I can't break everything down about him, okay? I'll say a few things, but I'll focus on a couple things that he relates to in the realm of Jesus, okay? That he relates to in the realm of Jesus, all right? And that is this, that is this, is that he's the king and protector of a nation. I said that he's a king and protector of a nation. Now, do you happen to know that this actor that plays the Black Panther, he has family that goes to our church? Miss Sandra Thompson, would you stand up? Now, don't be going over there getting close to her. Come on, her sister, come on, stand up. Look at them, right? Now, on good sources, I hear when they, he goes to preview one of his uh, um, um, movies that he'll rent out the whole theater, and they do a family reunion, and the family shows up and watches the movie. Amen. Hey, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Y'all feel impressed by that, don't you? I mean, I'm impressed by that. But you know what else I'm impressed? Is that all of you know Jesus. He's pretty famous too. I said, he's pretty famous too. And he bought out this theater. So you can have a preview of an epic story that includes your life. Can I get an Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't want to go next time. No, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> but he's a king and a protector of the nation, of a nation. This is who Jesus is. Let me read you some scripture here. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 says this, When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant, raise up your descendant after you, and... and who will come from you, forth from you and will establish his kingdom. See, the nation of Israel was always looking for the king to come, looking for the king to come, the king that would defend, take care of the nation. The king would show up. Psalms 10, 16 says this, the Lord is king forever and ever. Nations have perished from his land. He is the king. Can I get an amen? He is the king. Praise God. When Jesus rose, Jesus rose victorious, triumphant, and is the king of all the earth. The thing about Jesus is Jesus is not limited to a hidden nation, but his nation is hidden from the world, and it's different than the world. Hallelujah. 
You know what's so crazy about the Black Panther? Is the Black Panther gets his power from a rock from another planet. A rock from some other place showed up. And what it did, it had an element, a source of power that caused a plant to grow that when you took the heart of the plant and put the heart in you, then power, supernatural power would show up. Aren't you glad Jesus changed your heart? Aren't you glad that you've been given a new heart? That a rock showed up from another world, not made with man's hands. See, the world's looking for Jesus. They want a superhero. And they flock to the theaters to watch about someone who would come and deliver the oppressed with great power. My, my, my. And Jesus is this. He's a protector of nations. Look at what it says here in um, Joshua chapter 23, verse 3. It says this, And you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has been fighting for you. Man, when he delivered Israel, he was like, what nation is going to stand against us? He'd walk up and he said, listen, this is all I want you to do, and I'll do this. You do this, I'll do that. Sometimes they went into battle and all they had to do was sing a song and showed up and everybody was dead. Can I get an amen? That's a protector of the nation. Hallelujah. Man, he's awesome how much our king is and much like the Black Panther. I mean, he loves his people. He wants to protect his. Now, here's the thing. Another neat little thing about the Black Panther is his nation is considered the wealthiest in the planet. Because of what comes from this rock that came out of the, uh, came from another place and landed on their territory, because of that, it's produced a wealth that supersedes all wealth on the rest of the planet. Well, aren't you glad you're a part of a kingdom that doesn't just, is limited to the earth? Amen? Aren't you glad that the kingdom of heaven that's in God's realm can manifest down here? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your dad did not leave you as an orphan. He didn't leave you down here to be broke, but he's allowed all the resources to be available of his kingdom if you would just walk in it. My gosh, do I have some Black Panthers up in here today? Yeah. You need to understand, if you'll begin to start identifying with what the Word says in truth, it's really not fantasy. Now, I understand that it, he is not considered a superhero. I get it. He's not in the comic books. But somebody with supernatural ability or ability beyond the natural can inspire a child to want to live by faith. You know, remember when you had childlike faith? How many of you had a superhero you cared about growing up? You know, you would like to watch. Sure, all of us, the child in us is like, what? First time you saw Superman in black and white? I'm not that old, but, you know, some of y'all may be. Um, in black and white, you know, he leaped a tall building, right? Right? He le you're like, what? He was faster than a speeding bullet. What? And you wanted to be all that. I mean, Aquaman? Seriously? Who doesn't want to stay underwater forever like that? And who don't want to say, hey, fish? But you understand, Aquaman just has the dominion Adam had. You have dominion over the fish of the sea. Did Jesus talk to fish? 
Can I get an amen? That's what his words, the sound waves from his word. Peter, go fishing, son. And that fish says, is that Aquaman talking to me? See, it sounds like fantasy because we see it wrapped up in fictional characters, but this word is forever settled in truth. This literally happened with him. Glory to God. This is available through Jesus Christ, the King, the Savior of the world. He's a protector of his nation, just like the Black Panther. The last scripture is this, 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 6, and he said, O Lord, the God of our Father, you uh, are not God, are you not God in heaven? You are not, are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nation? Power and might are in your hands so that no one can stand against you. Man, you don't show up to the Black Panther's nation and get a free pass. You don't come into his nation and break his laws. You don't come into his nation and create havoc without him coming to run you down and searching for you. Are you with me? Our king is the protector of our nation, and he will protect our nation. He will ultimately have the only nation that exists. Because, man, when we get through the tribulation period, if you read Revelation, there's this whole other dispensation we don't do a whole lot of studying on, but it is the millennial reign of Christ. And it's just the first thousand years recorded of eternity. Okay? That's why it's called the millennial reign. Because when Jesus comes here to reign, he's not leaving. I said he's not leaving. And he will come down and there will be this time that he'll reign and he will be the protector of his nation. And after that thousand years, he'll release that enemy again. That enemy that's against him, that every hero has this enemy. But this enemy's already been whipped, stripped of his power. And he'll once again try to wage war against Jesus Christ the King, but it will amount to nothing. And he'll take him and throw him into the lake of fire, which is a second death, judge all of humanity that never submitted to Jesus as Lord. In essence, they said, we don't want to be a part of your nation. And he'll eradicate evil once and for all. And all that will remain is the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. So, with that being said, let's look at another figure in the comic book that allows us to see types and shadows of who Jesus, the real superhero, looks like. I am Diana of Kinskira, daughter of Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons. Can I get some women say amen? amen? I don't know what guys out there that wanted to, to perpetrate or push or propagate, probably a better word, false doctrine about God can't use women. How silly was that? In fact, when man fell from dominion, God says, I'm going to use the woman. And you know who was the first one to preach that Jesus was alive? It was a woman. In fact, for years, unfortunately, why? Because men are the slowest. Now, I'm not here to pick on us. I'm just saying, being honest, because we tend to have the Loki complex where we want to be a God unto ourselves, and that's an enemy to the kingdom of God. So they tend to be slow to come around and realize Jesus is king. He's the only one. 
And women for years have had to carry the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith. Sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith. For years, having to pray and believe God for their husbands, for their children, standing in the gap, standing in the gap. I hear of many testimonies of grandchildren that came into the kingdom because grandma was praying. Because a mother was taking time in prayer. Amen. Was, was standing before the throne saying, that's my child, Lord. Protect my child. Bring my child, Lord. Standing in the gap, Lord. And speaking the word. Speaking the word. I know my wife and I, one time we were coming back from the airport dropping my mom off in Tulsa. And it had been raining a little bit. And our tires were kind of slick, you know. I was in need of some new ones. And so we were driving along. And all of a sudden, just hit a, hit a wet spot. I mean, it was all wet, but just hit something slick, apparently. And all of a sudden, my, my, my Mazda MP3, I called it the red rocket. Because <laughs> when you're driving a minivan, you got to, something's got to look, you know, got to give it a name. <laughs> so the red rocket, and I had Josh Clay convinced for years, guys, that my little hazard was a NOS button. <laughs> yeah. I said, bro, don't touch that. That's my NOS, man. Why do you think I call this the red rocket? And he would always try to slap his hand because he's in our youth ministry. Don't touch that. My nos button. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to our story. So all of a sudden, we're driving. All Man, I start doing this, right? Well, all I'm thinking, all I'm thinking because I'm driving is, all right, let's get control. Do what you should do, which I don't know what to do. I'm just, you know, trying to overcorrect back, right? And we start doing something like this. My kids are in the car. My wife. Now, my wife is Wonder Woman. Because she pulls out the sword. I said, she pulls out the sword. Now, if we could have taken it in the context of a movie, it looks something like this. She would have come out of the vehicle with her sword, put it down, held on to the back of the vehicle, sung that thing around, and when it came to that guardrail, boom, just like that, then she'd have got back in the vehicle and said, that was close. That's what it looked like in the movies. Right? That's what it would have looked like. Okay? But... In the spirit, it looks like that because she said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I didn't say Jesus. I didn't pull out no armor. I didn't pull out no weapon. I was like, <laughs> I was looking for a superhero, man. But my wife, she jumps out the van, holds on to that thing, man, with her Wonder Woman strength, and it just taps the butt. Boop. All right, we could. No dent. There were three lanes of traffic. People were everywhere. I mean, she did a little bracelet thing and caused the cars to slow down, man. I mean, it was crazyville. Now, we think that that does, but it really happens like that. You have no idea if angels pulled down and started to slow. See, because we think all stuff's fantasy, but the Bible's real. And real supernatural things happen through natural people because we're not just natural. Oh, this is a Resurrection Sunday. I said, it's a Resurrection Sunday. I can't do everything about her, you know, but there's a lot of types of shadows. One of the types of shadows in her original creation, she was made out of clay. And then God put his spirit in her. She was a, a God in a human suit. <sighs> Hallelujah. Endowed with God gifts. She obviously has a sword. We know the word of God is the sword of the spirit. She has a shield. But you know what she has? She has a lasso. And it's the lasso of truth. 
So when we think, I'm going to break her down in two places, she was the symbol of truth and a peacemaker. See, because there was a society outside of their hidden world that was in chaos and did not live at peace. It was horrible what was going on outside of their island paradise. And so she wanted to come out and help those that were hurting, help those that were in misery, deliver those, save those, but bring peace. If she was running for Miss Universe, her slogan would be, I want world peace. That's the reality. But she had this lasso of truth as well. She was a symbol of truth. She desired truth. Well, what's it say in the scripture? Psalms 51, 6 says it this way. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. John chapter 3, verse 21 says it this way. But he who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. Now, I don't know how my wife does this, but when my children got in trouble, meaning they did something wrong, and they went before the lasso of truth, meaning she would say, hey, what are you doing? Or did you? What's going on there? Did you? Isn't it something about mamas or women in general that all of a sudden when they start asking questions, like sweat starts happening on you, and you got this like, I didn't do it. But then you like start shaking, like, because you're compelled <laughs> to tell the truth. My wife knew when my kids weren't telling the truth. One of my children, I won't say who it is, every time that one came out with something other than truth, it's like they just turned pale white. It's like she had the last of truth on, and she started tightening it down. They were like, are you telling me the truth? <laughs> Don't ever let mom say that, because if that's it, you're going to be compelled. Right? You'd be like, Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's so true that a lot of times there's something about how God made women. That man, when they're seeking truth, they seem to be able to pull that thing. Hallelujah. Well, she was able to pull truth. Do you understand when we stand before Jesus, ultimately we're all going to be under that lasso. Whether you're at the judgment seat of Christ or whether you're at the great white throne judgment, you're going to be compelled to tell the truth because books are going to have the truth statements there. He'll not only know what you did, but why you did it, the reason behind it, the motive behind it, the intent behind it. Ooh. He'll want to know. He'll know. And you'll be compelled and won't be able to deny it. You'll just have to tell the truth. You'll have to tell the truth. But you know what's so awesome about truth? Truth is not just a word. For God, truth is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, or the third person of the Godhead, is called the Spirit of truth. This is why people struggle in the natural of trying to gain access to truth because they think it's just a word. When truth goes beyond whether something actually happened, it's intent. What's the motive? What was the heart behind the action? And that's where God always goes when it comes to uh, finding truth. But also, Wonder Woman is a peacemaker. Say, peacemaker. peacemaker. Go ahead and touch your neighbor and say, are you Wonder Woman? Now, if it's a guy, don't say that. All right? But in Psalms 29, 11, it says, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with Peace. Man, God wants to bring peace, right? 
Now, you understand there is no peace when you go against him. If you do it his way, you'll live at perfect peace. But if you go against him, well, then you get what's against the kingdom. And it's chaos, turmoil, it's trouble, it's issues with no resolution. Okay? It's constant chaos with no hope. But when you actually walk in God's perfect peace, John chapter 14, verse 27 says this way, says it this, peace I leave with you. Jesus said this, my peace I give to you. You can have the peace of Jesus. Now, what is Jesus' peace? Not as the world gives, do, uh, do I give to you, which means the world has what they call peace, but it isn't peace at all. Because Jesus lets you know, you know when my peace is working, watch. Do not let your heart be troubled or let it be fearful. Meaning, when trouble comes, you'll be at peace. He said it this way in John 16, 33. He says, he says um, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He said, in this life you'll have trials and tribulation, but be of good cheer. In essence, have peace. I've overcome the world. So if he overcomes, you overcome. If he can walk in perfect peace, you can. When Peter and all them are in the boat saying, we're going to die, the storm's on, what is going on, and Jesus don't care about us none because he's down there sleeping in perfect peace. Why can he sleep in perfect peace? Because before Jesus ever told them to cast off, he said, gentlemen, go to the other side. So his word has to happen, and he trusts his word, and he has such peace in his word that he laid down to sleep for a little bit. But man, they woke him up and said, Jesus, aren't you concerned we're going to die? Jesus, what moved us? What, y'all going to die? Oh my God, what's going to happen? We're going to die. This ain't what dad wanted me to do. He wanted me to go to the cross, not drown out here. Oh my gosh, he didn't do that. No, he got up. Peace. Be still. And the winds and the waves obeyed. And they're like, what? How'd you like to have that kind of power? That's supernatural. And then Jesus turned around and said, why don't you have faith? I already gave you the word. You should have acted on it. I mean, he didn't say, it's all right, guys. I mean, I know you're trying. He didn't do that. He said, I gave you the word. You had little faith. You didn't act on it. Then the boat hit the side, and he said, all right, let's go. In essence, think about that for a moment. Let's go on. I got the next assignment. Right. Hallelujah. The minute he gets out the boat, some demon guy shows up. <laughs> Amen? All right. So we see peace comes when you're, when you're following God. The next person we're going to see real quick, again, as the type and shadow, the type and shadow, all right, will be after I finish my story. So when I was a child, whoa, wait a minute. Don't take my thunder, guys. So when I was a child, I know he's not a comic book guy. But as a child, um, I, I was influenced. I desired to be greater than what I was. And there was a guy by the name of Steve Austin, the $6 million man. Whew, I can run like him today. Yeah. Yeah, I got him down. You ready? Now, it's faster, you understand, when we speed it up, but, right? The bionic man. Now, some of you don't know who that is, so you can go Google it one day, and you can see what it is because you're too young for that. But for those that are, you know, my age, you're like, I know that guy, right? So I told my mom one day, I said, Mom, I'm going to go climb the tree out in the yard, and I'm going to jump out and break my legs so I can get bionic legs like 
the $6 million man. I was willing to go through some suffering to be greater than what I was. <laughs> this is one of the things that draw us to these superheroes is because they look like us or really they feel. They go through some things and we identify with their affliction. Yet, they're still supernatural. And too often, we aren't willing to go through a little suffering to show we got some power. You're going to go through some issues here, guys. But know this, you've got the power. Jesus went through some suffering, but came out victorious. Can I get an amen? All right. So now, the kingdom of God is like. You will give the people of earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you when the sun comes. Say Superman. Superman. Superman, there's a lot I could talk to you about him. Uh, he is from another world. <laughs> right? But... And he has supernatural power. I mean, this guy defies natural things while he's on the earth. But the two things I want to key in today that are just like Jesus is this. He was sent by his father from another place. All right? In John chapter 8, verse 18, it says this. I am he who testifies about myself, and the father who sent me testifies about me. John chapter 8, 26 and 29 says, I have many things to speak to you, to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. So Jesus didn't say, man, there's a problem down there on planet Earth, Dad. I got to take do something about it. I got to do something about it. He didn't come till Dad said, son, it's time for you to go. Son, I need you to go save the world. John the Baptist, when he saw him, he says, there is the, the Savior of the world. There's the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world. He came to save us. But what did he come to save us from? And what did he come to save us to? Very important. Thank God we're saved. But what are we saved to? What are we saved out of and into? And what does perpetually happen in our lives that bring saving moments in our lives because we start to enact on who we are as a believer in God? Can I get an amen? Man, there's something God wanted to do in us. And so this guy, Superman, is from a whole nother realm, and his father intentionally said, I'm sending you to there. Right? I'm sending you to that place. Jesus was intentionally sent here. In John chapter 8, verse 23, it says this. Jesus said, and, I, and he was saying to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are not of this world. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Hallelujah. I said, I am not of this world. Amen. Look at this over in John chapter 3, verse 31. It says this. He who comes from above is above all. I said, he's above all. He who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from above is, is above all. Hallelujah. So Jesus is not of this world. Superman was not of this world. 
Amen. Now, all three of these individuals, and we could bring in so many more. Again, I could bring in all kinds of other what we consider superheroes and their little uh, types and shadows of who they are um, concerning um, how they model what Jesus is and still is today. All right? But all three of these have this in common. They were sent or they come to protect and to save the world from evil. That's what they're doing. They want to save the world from evil. That's what they want to do. If someone's doing an injustice, they're showing up. If someone's committing a crime, they're doing it. If someone's planning to destroy the world, they show up. To do what? Save the planet. Why are we saving the planet anyway? Because people are on it. And we're trying to save the people. So they're always at opposition against evil. And the world has a lot of evil in it. And they're looking for a hero for humanity. Someone who can save the world. Well, I'm telling you right now, Jesus did the same thing. Let's look at a few scriptures real quick. It says this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. It says, the one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. John chapter 12, verse 47 says it this way. If anyone hears my saying and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He came to what? Save the world. He came to what? Save the world. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 1 and verse 15, it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. So, maybe you're this individual that says, I don't really care about superheroes. That may be true. That may be true. And maybe that's true just because you're a little bit older now. And, um, you know, so you consider it fairy tale, and that's a waste of your time. But the reality is, is that it's actually trying to call to a deeper person on the inside. And so when we were children, just like, you know, uh, here in a, uh, I think this coming up week, actually, the Avenger Endgame is going to show up. And all of a sudden, going to deal with a problem. How many of you saw the Avengers movies? Right? Okay, I got some people up in here. And so, you know, I love a good bad versus evil. I mean, evil versus good stuff, right? I, I like a good where there's this conflict because ultimately, good wins. I say good wins. And that is, a, that is taken straight from the Word of God. The enemy will not win. In fact, he's already defeated. On the plane, with, on, the, on the field with Jesus, it's already defeated. The question is, is he defeated with you? This is not an issue with Jesus anymore. This is only an issue with us. Are we going to get out of the villain realm and get over into the hero realm by acknowledging Jesus has saved us from this tyrannical rule? Hallelujah. But here's the thing. Jesus came to save the world. He possesses all great power, period. He possesses it all. He's supernatural. He could never be defeated and never has lost a battle, ever. Ever. And it's the classic what you see uh, when you go to the movie. All of a sudden, here's the hero. It seems like he's been brought to his lowest, and he will not survive. I mean, even Superman has died, and they had to resurrect him. 
Because inside us, we know it requires somebody that has to come back from the dead to redeem us. And Jesus is the only one. Jesus is the only one who could pull him. So here's the narrative. The thing is, is that God created this earth, man, and it was perfect. But Adam, who was a superhero on the planet, gave his power over to the devil. And the devil turned this world upside down. He is an enemy of God. He is is, uh, uh, an enemy worse than Lex Luthor with DC Comics or the Joker with Batman. He's the worst. He's the worst. But when you compare him to Jesus' status, he's incomparable. And Jesus came in the form of a man to destroy the devil, to save the world. We were all bound, stuck, separated from God. We were in a bad mess, and we were looking for someone to save us. But Jesus came, and Jesus came much like a Clark Kent. He showed up and looked just like us. He walked around, had his glasses on and his tie. But then all of a sudden, there was an injustice. All of a sudden, there was a cry for help. He took his glasses and opened up what was on the inside. Showed what was really happening from the inside. Amen. Ah, He raised the dead. He cast out devils. He healed the sick man. My gosh. He stopped winds and waves. He cursed trees. He multiplied bread. This guy's supernatural. I said, this guy's supernatural. He caused limbs to grow out. Woo! Hallelujah. And man, they went around saying, Jesus. For some, they only saw Clark Kent. For others, they knew that's Superman. He's come to save us. He's come to set us free. He's come to deliver us. He's come to establish us. Amen. This is who we're looking for. This is who the world's looking for. But let me tell you something. There's something that Jesus, who's a real superhero, does that no other superhero can do. Can't do it. Yes, we know there's characters who had a power and passed it over to another. And then they became. Even the Black Panther gave his power to his sister. And she became the Black Panther. We know that they can flip that. Captain America turned it over to his buddy, you know, the Winter Soldier. He became Captain America for a season. One person was captain. The next day, the other person was captain. But with Jesus. Jesus came down, and he was victorious. He rose from the grave victorious. He died on the cross, shed his blood so that all of our sin, all of our evil doing, all of our uh, villainous crime against the kingdom would be paid for once and for all, and we could be delivered and say, we're following you. You're the hero. You're the one who saved us. You're the one who set us free. And that Superman would pick somebody up before they hit the ground from falling out of a building, send them down. They go, oh, thank you, Superman. And he'd fly off to the next place. Before Wonder Woman would come and use her bracelets and, and, and stop bullets and save some child. And like, oh, thank you, Wonder Woman. Or, but you know, the Black Panther would show up and, and deliver somebody and, and put them to the side. Oh, thank you. Jesus said, not only did I come to save you, but I came to give you what I have. 
See, Resurrection Sunday is not about Jesus coming and saving you. He said, now listen, I'm going to carry you up to heaven one day. I'm going to carry you up. And one day he will, and it will be awesome. But until that, he says, don't wait to come here. I rolled the stone away so that what's in me can get in you. This is why he's the greatest superhero ever. Because he says, I'm going to make you a superhero. I'm going to make you more than natural. Paul, even in his writing in the Corinthian church, he said, are you acting like mere men? I can't even talk to you as spiritual people because you're acting like mere men, natural people. You're not natural. You're supernatural. You possess a power that the world doesn't have. In fact, you're not even from this place anymore. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I didn't roll the stone away so that you could wait to come to me. I rolled it away so I could come to you and live in you. My goodness, here's the good news. God put the Holy Ghost in you. Oh, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. You're not getting it because the problem is you can't sit on your feet knowing you can fly. How can you stay seated when you know greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world? I mean, how in the world can you have a problem show up that you're not? Listen, we don't have to wait for Superman to fly. Superman, come. All of a sudden, if it injustice, you showed up. What is that? What is that cry for help? What is that cry for help? That all of a sudden the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The same power, the same way Jesus could prophesy, the same way Jesus could do a word of wisdom. Man, you got to understand that the word of God, our sword doesn't look like Wonder Woman's. It comes out of our mouth. It's real, guys. You walk down Publix and the Holy Ghost says, oh, there's an injustice happening. There's an injustice happening. Now listen, you don't save people, but you bring them power so that Christ can be introduced. Jesus says, I gots to go. I gots to go. Because if I don't go, he don't come. I wouldn't sit down. I got, I'm just getting geared up. We fixing to close this thing down, but I'm telling you, it's good news. He's saying, if I stay, the power's limited in me. But when I go, I'll send the power. And all of you can be a hero for humanity. And when you need to pull a sword out and cut off some bonds of affliction and cut off some chains of depression, you're going to be able to wield the power. And when their shackles come off and say, you've saved me. No, Jesus has. Where did you get that? How did you know that? Jesus. You're walking by and all of a sudden the king on the inside says, hey, Someone's in injustice, and you say, excuse me, and all of a sudden, by word of knowledge, you say, God told me this, this, this about you. They're going to think you, um, um, doctor, what's the guy's name? Strange. Yeah, they're going to think you're strange because you're peculiar people. How did you know? The Lord told me. But all of a sudden, you showed a power that you possess as a child of God that all of a sudden breaks down their defense like only nobody can know that. 
I don't even, I don't even know who you are. How? And then you say, Jesus loves you. You are able to take your hands and go up to someone and just like Iron Man shoots power out of his hands, you lay hands on somebody and the power of God flows down through them. Cancer's in their body and you say, the Lord sent me. But you got to believe you have the power and then you got to act every time the king gives you instruction. Listen, what makes the superheroes go around? They hear a call of distress. And they realize, we are the ones to go. And when you hear the cry of distress, then you realize the Lord says, I'm using you. Jesus, would you come down here and heal her? And the Lord says, I put that in you. The power you have is my power. Oh, you got to be here next week. Because we'll talk about all the power you actually have. And the problem is we've been sitting down for too long. I'm telling you, we are the Justice League. We are the Avengers on the earth today. It's not fantasy. It's reality. And when you begin to say, this is who I am, that the greater one is actually in me. And I house him, and I can walk with him, and I can talk with him, and I can demonstrate his power, then you'll change the way you live on the planet. No longer will you walk around saying, I wish somebody would come save the day. The Lord said, why do you think I rolled the rock away? Oh, that rhymed. I wish someone would come save the day. And Jesus says, that's why I rolled the rock away. Because now my spirit's in you. So be me to the world and show them my goodness and show them my power and show them my demonstration and show them my anointing and show them my character and show them my life and show them my deliverance and walk in my power and walk in my strength and walk in my anointing for I've given the church the anointing. You are the heroes for humanity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would the children of God rise up and let's take our dominion from this lost and dying world and let's walk in the power and the authority of our king and let's go and do what Jesus did show them his power that they might be saved